Welcome aboard once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting on the evening of June 1st here in my apartment in New York City's East Village. I don't know if you can hear the sirens in the background. I can hear the sound of sirens coming in through the window. And for the past three days here in my apartment in the East Village, the sound of sirens and helicopters has been just about incessant. There have been a few intervals of quiet here and there, but basically incessant all night long. And having been in very deep isolation for the past two and a half months, starting on March 17th, just um, in the past few days, I have um, come out from isolation just in time for a national uprising here in the United States sparked by the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The proverbial spark that has set alight a tinderbox which has been building for a very, very, very long time in this country. Every day for the past four days, I've been out at the protests around Lower Manhattan. I just got back from one which started on 9th Street and Avenue D here on the Lower East Side. The place where just a couple of weeks ago, a young kid, local resident of the, uh, the housing projects on that block, was brutalized by an officer of the NYPD. Fortunately, he was able to walk away, but he was uh, manhandled, apparently for not wearing a mask, in the midst of the pandemic, and it made something of a media splash. I followed the march down to uh, below Houston Street, and then I peeled off to come home and uh, do this podcast and now I'm hearing once again sirens and sounds of commotion coming from below Houston. A curfew is in place here in New York City. For the first time in my life, New York City is under curfew. With Governor Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio capitulating to Donald Trump wimp-baiting governors as weak and fools his words for not cracking down on the protesters. The National Guard is said to be on standby here in New York State. Not quite sure exactly what that means. Trump is threatening to invoke the Insurrection Act of 1807 and actually send military troops into the streets across the country. When protesters over the weekend approached the White House, he threatened to unleash, quote, vicious dogs and ominous weapons on the protesters. And last night, a 22-year-old black man by the name of James Skurlock was shot dead by a white vigilante in Omaha, Nebraska. We appear to be rapidly approaching the brink of cataclysm in the United States. And the first thing I have to say is that this is the time to decide what side you are on without equivocation, just as it was in 1861. So before I even get to the real substance of my rant, which will inevitably include a few small and pointed criticisms of some of my fellow protesters, because I adhere to the maxim of a ruthless criticism of all existing reality, <laughs> which includes my political allies. But first, I have to make clear what my criticisms are not. Because really, the reason I'm making these criticisms is that nobody else is. And much of the criticisms that are being made, I do not share. 
So I need to be explicitly clear about this. A few short words to some of my white comrades who are equivocating and who are invoking Martin Luther King Jr. to shame the protesters. Now, this is deeply problematic. How many of those who are now engaging in looting and vandalism and even arson are genuinely angry and desperate? And how many are provocateurs from white supremacist militias trying to provoke a civil war is inherently unknowable. And we cannot make that the issue. So for those who are invoking MLK and exhorting nonviolence, I have three brief quotations from three of the great icons of nonviolent struggle in the 20th century. And the first is from Martin Luther King himself in 1968, speaking about the recent uprisings in Newark and Detroit. Quote, I say tonight that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the past years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met, and it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice and humanity. And if these words were relevant in 1968, how much more relevant are they today after not only the incessant barrage of racist police killings, but blacks being massively disproportionately affected by the pandemic that we have witnessed in this country due to their disproportionate numbers as essential workers having to take the subways to work and so on to keep the country going during this period of economic paralysis. A second quote from Mohandas Gandhi in 1944, his reaction to British repression of armed guerrillas who were seeking the independence of India. Quote, It is better to be violent, if there is violence in our hearts, than to put on the cloak of nonviolence to cover impotence. And finally, the Holocaust survivor Eli Wiesel, in his Nobel Prize acceptance speech in 1986, I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. So I beseech my white comrades not to fall into these categories that Eli Weisel, Martin Luther King, and Mohandas Gandhi were decrying, to not be among those who put on the cloak of nonviolence to cover impotence, or in this case, worse, hypocrisy, and to not be among those who are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice and humanity. All that said, I want to uh, pull back a little bit and take a look at the global context for what's happening in America at the moment and how it fits in with the greater global struggle for human rights and social justice. And it is certainly a surreal irony that Trump, who is threatening to unleash military troops on protesters here in the United States, is simultaneously 
scolding the People's Republic of China over the new security law, which would extend Beijing's control over Hong Kong in the clear interest of suppressing the pro-democracy uprising, which has been going on in that city for approaching a year now. And this hypocrisy has to be seen in the context of the very real power struggle, which is going on between the U.S. and China on the global stage. But we also have to understand that the uprisings in Hong Kong and the uprisings here in America are being exploited for propaganda. And especially at this moment when Trump and Xi Jinping are scapegoating each other over the COVID-19 pandemic. Each are responsible for having completely blown it and with monstrous irresponsibility, putting what they perceived as social stability and the economy, which translates into their own power before human lives. They are each responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands, at least. And of course, rather than owning up to it, they're pointing fingers at each other and scapegoating each other. And just as Trump is exploiting the repression in Hong Kong to score points against China, the Chinese state is exploiting the repression in America to relativize and distract from the repression in Hong Kong. For instance, just two days ago, when a U.S. State Department spokesperson by the name of Morgan Ortegas tweeted that freedom-loving people around the world must stand with the rule of law and hold to account the Chinese Communist Party, which has flagrantly broken its promises to the people of Hong Kong. Some equal and opposite hack from the Chinese foreign ministry by the name of Hua Chunying tweeted in reply, quote-unquote, I can't breathe. And similarly, Hu Shi Yin, the editor-in-chief of Chinese state media outlet Global Times, tweeted, quote, I have a question for violent protesters in Hong Kong and their supporters there. Would you stand with angry Minneapolis demonstrators who attacked police station? Or would you stand with President Trump who threatens to shoot these thugs quote-unquote, with the thugs being in quotes within the quote, because that was Trump's verbatim. He called the protesters thugs, the protesters in Minneapolis and other cities around the United States, while he hypocritically pretends to stand in support of the protesters in Hong Kong, just as he did earlier this year, pretending to stand in support of the protesters in Iran. And unfortunately, Hu Xi Jin is asking a legitimate question. That is a legitimate question for the protesters in Hong Kong. He's asking it for entirely cynical and hypocritical reasons, but nonetheless, it's a legitimate question. Because in fact, many of the protesters in Hong Kong have been looking to Trump and the United States for protection and waving the American flag and even singing the Star Spangled Banner at their rallies. And the problem with this position, with this propaganda posture, if you will, of some, not all, but some of the protesters in Hong Kong, if it wasn't evident before what has been happening in this country over the past week since the death of George Floyd, it certainly should be evident now. And as someone who has done my best from the other side of the planet to loan some support for the protesters in Hong Kong, I beseech them now, put down your American flags, 
Hong Kong comrades. Protesters in the U.S. and Hong Kong being pitted against each other in this inter-imperial propaganda game when they should be natural allies and are essentially fighting for the same things is deeply pathological and has to be repudiated. Okay, here's a particularly telling juxtaposition of the protests which are happening here and in Hong Kong and also those that happened in Chile last year. Where over the weekend, a freelance photographer by the name of Linda Tirado was shot in the eye, apparently by a rubber bullet fired by the police in Minneapolis, and appears to have permanently lost vision in that eye. And the image of her face with her stricken eye covered by a patch is becoming a symbol of the movement, just as it was similarly a symbol of the movement last year in Hong Kong, where protesters were repeatedly shot in the eye by police, rubber bullets, and other projectiles. And just as that very same image became a symbol for the protesters in Chile. And even some of the same tactics were used, some of the extremely creative tactics of protesters shining lasers at the police to disrupt their vision and prevent them from taking aim with their weapons were used by the protesters in Santiago and by the protesters in Hong Kong. And yet you heard very little, even as they adopted the same tactics and the same images as symbols of their movement, you heard very little about solidarity between the protesters in Chile and the protesters in Hong Kong. Because Chile is basically within the imperial orbit of the United States, and China, the Chinese state, makes a pretense of supporting popular movements in Latin America, just as the Trump administration is making a pretense of supporting the popular movement in Hong Kong. And it is so vital that we do not allow ourselves to be manipulated like this. And the protesters around the world who are fighting for human rights and human dignity and social justice build solidarity with each other in repudiation of the propaganda games that are played by the great powers, by their respective oppressors, by their respective oppressors. And just as some of the protesters in Hong Kong have been looking to Trump and America for protection and waving the American flag and singing the Star-Spangled Banner. <laughs> among the ranks of the protesters here in the United States, or I'm not even going to say among their ranks exactly so much as um, attempting to uh, piggyback onto them and exploit them in parasitical manner, are certain sectarian groups with very, very bad and confused politics, which actually support Xi Jinping and the Chinese state, and are active propagandists for the repression in Hong Kong. And I'm speaking here quite particularly about the Workers' World Party and its recent offshoot, the Party for Socialism and Liberation, a very poorly named outfit. And I have to emphasize here that they have not been major players in the uprising which has been taking place across this country over the past week. Not by any means. And they have not even been a particularly visible presence in the protests which have taken place here in New York, which is a very refreshing change. Nonetheless, as always, they attempt to flood every protest with their mass-produced placards, which have got appealing slogans decrying the police state here at home, such as the name Batu that I saw at Union Square over the weekend, solidarity with the uprisings, and resist police brutality. And these from the same groups, which on their websites 
are running calumnies about the protesters in Hong Kong, about how the whole uprising there has been astroturf, fomented by U.S. imperialism against what they see as a socialist Chinese state, even though it's actually a savage capitalist Chinese state. And they have the chutzpah and the hypocrisy to try to, you know, flood the demonstrations here in New York with their mass-produced placards that say solidarity with the uprisings and police and resist police brutality when they are actively betraying the uprising in Hong Kong and abetting the police brutality in Hong Kong. So I implore my fellow protesters here in New York, do not take their placards. Make your own placard. And overwhelmingly, that's what they've been doing. I saw a lot of very creative placards at the protest that I've gone to here in New York over the past three days. Going on four days now. Yeah, today was the fourth day. Canned produced placards invoking the names, the endless litany of names of unarmed black youth who have been killed by the police in this country in recent years. And that I applaud. But I also implore you, do not be fooled by the tweets from the Chinese foreign ministry and the articles that you're going to see in China Daily and in uh, the Russian propaganda outlets, RT and Sputnik, and all the favorable articles that they've been running about the Minneapolis protesters. Don't be fooled by this hypocritical propaganda. Just like I implore our Hong Kong comrades, don't be fooled by Trump's hypocritical propaganda. Put down your damn American flags, my Hong Kong comrades. And I say to my comrades in Hong Kong, and I say to my comrades here in New York, and Minneapolis, and Oakland, and Los Angeles, and Phoenix, your allies are each other. Protesters in Hong Kong and protesters here in the United States, your allies are each other. Your allies are not each other's respective oppressors. And what makes this all particularly critical is that while there is a propaganda game going on, which is being exploited both by Trump and Xi Jinping for their own domestic purposes and domestic aims, there's also a very real global power struggle going on between the U.S. and China, which is ultimately the more important thing. And in addition to the potential for real fascism unfolding here in the United States, for an actual civil war here in the United States, there is also the potential in the years to come, or possibly, I feel I should, I should bite my tongue, the months to come of an actual shooting war between the U.S. and China, another ultra-grim possibility which is not to be dismissed. And it is critical that we do not allow ourselves to be exploited in a propaganda game that can ultimately lead to war between two nuclear powers with the risk of it escalating to the unthinkable. So as I always say, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. For Hong Kong, Minneapolis, solidarity. Down with imperial divide and rule. Build solidarity across borders and across imperial spheres of influence, neither east nor west. This has been The Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg. Check us out online at countervortex.org. Join the Counter Vortex. Join the resistance. See you on the front lines and rant on you next time.